The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk. I'm my main man, co-host, T. Jackson. Hey, Jack, are you there? I'm here, hello. How you doing? Good. How you doing today? Good. I'm doing good. Good. Well, first, let's talk about, um, go on and talk about, um, Terry Jackson Jr. He'll be playing the Triangle this weekend. Give us a little bit about that, T. Well, the Shrine Bowl starts Saturday. They've been, uh, practicing all week. It's the North to South, uh, Shrine Bowl. I don't know what year this is, but I remember playing in it in 89, so it was going on long before then and up until now, I'm assuming. So, been a lot of years of it. It's, uh, it's kind of a, a great honor to do that. Now, I'm telling you, the Shrine Bowl, they have, like, all different players from All-Stars all over the year, or? Yeah, it's, um, I think it's mostly made up of uh, All-State players throughout the state and um, from the North and the South uh, conferences. So they'll be playing against each other, uh, 1A through 4A schools. Well, that's good. I want to give congratulations out to Terry Jackson, Jr., and have a great game. Well, too, we have a great show today with our NFL, with our NBA, but we're fortunate enough to have a special guest on the show for us today. And, uh, kind of, you know, the guy I played with him, you know, he took me on his way. Running back for me with the Philadelphia Eagle, Keith Byers. Are you there, Keith? I'm doing good. How you doing today? I'm doing great, Keith. Me, Terry Jackson, my hope. How you doing, oh, Keith? Doing good. Doing good. Good. Well, Keith, before we get started, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. I know you're busy, but tell the listeners out there a little bit about what college you came from and uh, where you played at in the pros. Oh, well, I went to the Ohio State University. Oh, Lord. <laughs> you know, great great school in the in the country as well as the Midwest. Uh, and I was a first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Eagles eons ago, way back in 1986. Seems like yesterday to me. But to my kids, that's forever ago. <laughs> so I played for 13 years, and after seven years in Philadelphia, the last six, I played in Miami uh, with the Patriots and also last year with the Jets. So I played 13 years all together. Well, Keith, I was fortunate enough to um, play with you and to see, you know, the work that you put on the field and all, a mentor on us. But let's jump right into it, you know, these head injuries. Was that a concern when we were playing, Keith? We weren't really worried about that, were we? No, well, you know, as long as our equipment fit properly, that was all we were concerned about. <laughs> you know, if I got a helmet that was comfortable and, you know, shoulder pads and hip pads and knee pads, I was, you know, good to go. Um, but I, I believe there's something out there that, you know, this information that we just don't know about. 
you know, right now. And I think it's starting, you know, to, to come to light, you know, more and more, you know, in the present day, the more information, you know, that we have that's available. And also, I think with concussions, you know, dictionary different, dic- different dictionary definition has changed since the days we played. You know, uh, you know, before, you know, we got malconcussions where, you know, they was all lumped in with, you know, serious concussions because you just, you're just dizzy. You just got the, you know, the wind knocked out of you, you know, you're a little cuckoo, but other than that, you know, you're fine. Hey, Keith, a couple questions for you. Do you think that, um, that the league is doing the right thing by the precautions that they're trying to take, um, with the penalties, with the, you know, the, the, the penalties on the hits and stuff like that. And also the, um, you know, the, the concussion test or assessment that they have to do. Well, I think, uh, let me answer the first part of your question. I mean, second, uh, a two part question. Let me answer the second part first. You know, I think they're doing a, you know, a, a better job of, of, uh, you know, the concussion test and before they, you know, they release you back out to practice in the games. You know, I don't think, you know, the safety, player safety, you know, can't ever be overlooked. Uh, but the first part, uh, you know, it's still, you know, football has to be, you know, a collision game. You know, you know, basketball is a contact game. You, know, you got guys putting their hands on each other, pushing, you know, fighting for position in the basket with elbows and things of that nature. But football is a collision game. You know, you got bodies running at a high speed, and, you know, colliding with each other, that's part of the culture of the game. And so when you start to overly police that, you know, from the standpoint of, um, you know, with the fines and the penalties, you know, at, at some point it gets to be not necessarily the football that we grew up with. You know, I think you can still have a collision game and still be uh, safety conscious. But, you know, right now if you try to go after a quarterback, it's really hard to sack him. You got a small area, you know, to hit a quarterback. You can't, you know, hit him below the waist. You can't hit him above the shoulder pads. It's not a lot of places, you know, to get a sack, and it's, you know, there's changing the game. Yeah, I think a lot of players uh, think that the culture of the game is going to be changed or is being changed presently uh, with all of this stuff that they're implementing. Um, you know, the defensive schemes seem to be a little bit more complex than what they might have been five, ten years ago. Uh, and, and, you know, guys are taking these hits and, and these hard collisions like this, uh, trying to get to the quarterback. Uh, some of these guys, Keith, and you know, uh, these guys can make it to the quarterback in three and a half seconds from the line of scrimmage. That's pretty fast. How do you stop and, and, and slow down to make sure you're trying to pr- tackle a prop or, uh, properly tackle the quarterback like they want you to do? I mean, it's almost impossible, isn't it? Well, uh, it's close to impossible. You know, but I think you have to, you know, you have to have uh, better coaches, you know, uh, train these guys better. But you're taking that away when you're, you're not, you know, hitting as much in practice. Uh, you know, so the technique is, you know, is, is, is missing, you know, somewhat. But I, I hate to see, like, a defensive player get penalized for a hustle play. You know, you got, like, a defensive end or defense tackle trying to get to the quarterback you know, he gets blocked down to the ground, and then he's given extra, you know, extra uh, effort out there by crawling and grabbing the quarterback around the ankles, and now all of a sudden you're saying he's taking a cheap shot. You know, I think that's, that's, that's not right. 
You know, at what point does he, you know, do he just lay on the ground and not try to get to the quarterback or he's giving extra effort, you know, trying to get there? And it's a fine line before they're going to flag you saying you're calling you a dirty player or you're taking a cheap shot or you cost your team 15 yards on a penalty. And I think that's crazy. And, yeah. you know, I know you got to be sensitive to that, but at some point you got to let the kid, let the players play also. Well, that's my question, Keith. You think the league is picking on Harrison a lot, you know, for the Pittsburgh feeling because it seems like all his plays are like hustle plays and, you know, he's, you know, at the end of his, you know, hit and he's getting penalized. You think they're picking on him? Well, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, call him out. He's just a little bit more vocal and he's kind of like the poster boy, you know, of it. But, you know, something we haven't talked about either, intimidation is a part of sports, not just football, not just basketball. But in sports, you need to have an intimidation factor. And they try to, in the NFL, they seem to be taking that away. If you got a James Harrison, you know, who likes to hit people, and intimidation is part of his game, as long as he's clean with it, I have no problem with the way he plays. And I'm an offensive player. I have no problem with that, as long as he's clean. And I think overall, he's been clean with his hits. He's been aggressive. He's been physical. But that's part of the game. They hit people hard. And that's what people want to see. You know, it's always been, you know, somewhat of a blood sport. You know, they call you, you know, gladiators. If you look at the old movie from Gladiators, you know, people are getting killed. Right. You know, we don't, you know, we just say that, you know, as a, you know, as a, as an example, you know, hyperbole, but we don't really mean it literally. But, you know, that's what we are, modern day gladiators when you're out there playing that game of football. <laughs> but then they're saying, hit them hard, but not too hard. <laughs> yeah, right. As long as it's clean, I have no problem with it. You know, Keith, uh, I don't want to turn the conversation, but I want to kind of turn and get this all in, you know. But, you know, they say they got Tim Tebow to go to Jets to be the locker room person, change the locker room. You know, like our locker room, everybody was that great person in there. That you like, can he come in at one person and, and try and change their locker room? Because isn't no. the locker room supposed to be a fit of all the players getting along, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you can't have 53 guys with the same uh, personality. You know, you need to have 53 guys, you know, with 53 different personalities, but going to achieve the same goal. And that's something that we had in Philadelphia. You know, we had a whole lot of different personalities, but at the end of the day, we had one common goal, and that was to go out there and win football games. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to criticize a guy because he goes out to a club you know, on a on an off day, as opposed to a guy that's going to a Bible study. I happen to be one of the Bible study guys, but that didn't make me any better than a guy who decided to go, you know, to a club and go dance. And <laughs> went out and you know just go have a drink. I, 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 you know, that didn't make me better than a guy. And they and they almost, you know, with the Tim Tebow, is which I see it coming. I hope he sees it coming too. They're just setting him up for failure. You know, they're putting him up on that pedestal just so they can kick him out, <laughs> you know, kick you know, kick the stool away. And he needs to, you know, to downplay that somewhat. But, you know, that's all that, and that's what, what's going to happen to him, especially in a media market like New York. Right. You know, he better be careful. Keith, I've been saying that here ever since Tebow kind of took over. And we, we've talked about it numerous times on the show, and in fact, I think for the past six months, uh, I don't think we've done a show without bringing Tebow's name up. <laughs> do you think that, that um, you know, you can have such a following 
like he supposedly is, is, is gathering right now. And the media will, will end up turning on him and, and, and making one of his mistakes uh, the detriment of, of, of maybe even his career. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That definitely can happen, and it probably will happen if he's on the current pace that he's on. You know, and he needs to, you know, be, be cognizant of that. I mean, I think, you know, as a person, I don't know Tim Tebow. I've only, you know, known him from afar. And what I see from afar as a person, you know, he seems to be a real nice guy. But he wasn't no better than me. He wasn't no better than Reggie White. He wasn't no yeah. better than Daryl Green. A whole lot of other Christians in the league. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. and, but that sometimes, you know, you talk Tim Tebow, you know, he, as a great person he is, I think he's a super person. But as a football player, he's not the best football player where you just take no. all that other stuff away and say, you know, you judge him purely on athletic ability. He's not that good. Yeah. You know, uh, what quarterback is going to get by competing, completing less than 60% of his passes? He don't even complete 50% of his passes. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, we talked about that. that. That goes without saying, Keith, that he's not uh, – He's not an outstanding quarterback. He's an athlete, right, by far, but he's not. I mean, for his position to produce the way he's produced, I mean, it's, it's, it, he, I think he will get better. But right now, for him to have all this notoriety and, and, and fame and followers for his position, he doesn't even, he doesn't even make the paper. No. I wouldn't even have a hard time making a team. Right. <laughs> You know what, Keith? I'm glad you said that. Two two questions for you, Keith. You know, I, I don't always like to do two questions, but I like to get this out. One, you made a good point, and you should talk about that more. Why is his Christianity more different, like you said, than yours and Reggie Weiss? And you know, and the second thing is, do you think he'll succeed being a quarterback? Do I think? What about him being a quarterback? Is, is because he's a quarterback? Yeah. Do you think he's gonna make it? You know. It's the fan base got him starting in Denver, right? Correct. And so do you think that's going to happen in New York, and do you think he'll make it as a quarterback in New York? Well, I mean, the fan base, you know, they, they, you know, they, they, they can turn on you as quickly as a mother-in-law. <laughs> if you don't watch. <laughs> you know, so you better be, you know, the fan base can be fickle. And when you're the backup quarterback, and that's a lot of times, the backup quarterback in most NFL cities is always the popular guy, especially if you don't have a well-established starting quarterback. And that's what he was in Denver. He was a backup quarterback. He came in, and the defense got overlooked. The running game got overlooked, and you know because they were winning. And I and, and I, it's like something has happened in the last ten years in the, in, the, in the football National Football League. Quarterbacks get way more credit for winning football games. That's a baseball statistic when they talk about wins and losses for you know for for a baseball pitcher. He has more of a direct you know for, you know uh, uh, um, feeling okay. for you know opportunity for it with that team wins or lose because mm-hmm. in National League the pitcher bats and he you know he pitches he plays offense and defense but in the American League you know he just strictly plays you know defense but he still has a bearing on the outcome of the game. In football, these quarterbacks that were he was winning quarterback. Quarterbacks don't play defense. Wide receivers right, right. don't play defense. Football is the greatest team sport there is, and I hate when they try to bring that individual element into it. And so the defense had way more to do with the Broncos winning all those games last year, more so than Tim Tebow. 
Absolutely. <laughs> but do I think he'll make it as a, as, a, as a professional quarterback? You know, given time, I think he has the opportunity to be that, but he's never going to be, you know, you know, one of the top 20 quarterbacks, the top 50 quarterbacks of all time. But if they surround him properly, you know, and, you know, I think he can win you, he can help win you some ball games, but he's never going to be an excellent, you know, uh, pocket quarterback or a thrower quarterback. You know, he's never going to be that. You know, if he asked for 300 yard games or 200 yard, 250 plus yard games out of, your, out of him for the quarterback. No. And any quarterback that's going to expose himself as much as Tim Tebow running is going to get hurt eventually. You know, he's a left hand. He's going to knock that shoulder out. He likes to lower his shoulder on people. You don't want to see your starting quarterback doing that. Right. So, so do you think, like, like you think, Nolo Frost, because it came up in her credit card fraud, can you, uh, can you cut there? I'm oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Uh, you know what we got to do? Um, we're going to go to the break, and then we come back. I'm going to talk a little bit about the NFL. Then I want to talk about your old, the Ohio State, all these players that got in trouble and these coaches, what, what that got to do for that program. So this is James okay. Levin, uh, Levin at Sports South. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Play ball! If you're looking to talk baseball, even in the offseason, look no further than the King's Corner Talking Baseball with former World Series champion Jim Lairitz. Jim's known for a rather controversial stance during his show. He's brutally honest and ready to talk with current and former players, owners, and other key figures to bring you baseball from an insider's view. You won't want to miss a single episode. The King's Corner, Talking Baseball with Jim Lairitz is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, is co-host Terry Jackson, and we got our special guest, Keith Byers, running back for the Philadelphia. You know, Terry, you had a very interesting question to ask Keith. Uh, we want to ask him again because I'd like to hear the answer of it, too, and all the listeners would, too. Well, all, all the running backs in the NFL, I mean, they, they just seem to have a short life, but, you know, I mean, very few of them uh, last as long as you did, Keith, and I was just wondering maybe if you could talk about how you had to take care of your body and, and the things that you had to do in order to make it and, and have uh, the long career that you did. Well, first of all, a lot of prayer. <laughs> you know, that was one of them. Always stayed in good shape. Stay, you know, to have some size, you know, and you just had to have that willpower to be able to, you know, to play through pain. And, you know, because you're going to get hit on every play, you know, whether you're blocking, whether you're carrying a football, you know, there's every play there's going to be some degree of contact. So, you know, you have to just try to, you know, just take good care of your body and stay in shape and, you know, be willing to play through pain, <laughs> you know, because you don't play that long without having some pain and bumps and injuries. And, you know, I was fortunate that, um, you know, I didn't have, you know, too many, you know, uh, injuries that, that would keep me out. You know, I had I, I, my, uh, what is it, my seventh, eighth year in the league, you know, I blew, I had a ACL surgery. Uh, but I was able to come back and play, you know, for five more years after that. Mm-hmm. Keith, my question to you is, and I think I argue with, um, I, I can't remember what side Terry was on, but another friend on Galen played in the league. Is it fair that the NFL have a hold on players? Like you say, when the, when the, when the um, season's over, like you say, you want to go to club, you want to go to Bible study, you want to go have a beer. It's like you seem like they watch everything you do, even on the off season. It's like they own you. Is that fair, Keith? Uh, <laughs> that is fair. I hate to use the word own, but oh, that's come on, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, but you know, I think that you need to have some, some degree of, uh, you know, some privacy. But we're in a twenty-four hour news cycle, and everybody, you know, tweeting and Facebooking. There is, you know, you kind of like sacrifice that once you get into the league. So you know, you don't, you don't, you don't have that you know, anymore. So what you have to do is, you know, just live your life. You know, you know, well, we've always lived our life under a microscope, but you just have to, you know, uh, be more cognizant and, 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 you know, for your actions, you know, cause the money that they're making, you know, I mean, you know, you see a first round draft pick, this first contract is more money. Than I made in my whole 13 year career. <laughs> so, you, you know, you got I mean, you know you got to make certain sacrifices. Right, Keith. You can't make year round money and then only only be accountable half a year, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm not saying no. You're always accountable, right? You, you know, you're always accountable, but you just have to be you know wiser with your accountability. You know, it was something that just 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 boggles my mind with the money that these guys are making. How could you ever get a DUI? Right. I agree with you. That's just crazy. I mean, everybody has somebody from their hometown that they want to help out in some way, shape, or form. Just pay him to be your professional driver. Yeah. You can still go out and do what you want to do, but have a driver. Be, be smarter about it. 
You know, I, I mean, they go back. I'm not trying to beat up on anybody, but you go back a few years ago to Plaxico Bird. What would he be doing with a gun in a club? Right. right. You know, why would you leave your house with a gun? Ain't nothing good going to happen. Even no. if it were everything, you know, somebody trying to rob you and you beat them to the draw and you pull your gun and you get it away, it's still not going to end well with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's nothing good going to come of that. And where would you? Why would you want to go to a place where you need a gun? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be there. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be there if we were about guys with guns and stuff. That's that's indicated. You don't need to be there. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I played I in New York. I never I had no place where I had to have a gun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but you know what, Keith? And I totally agree with you. You should never ever get a DUI. You can pay somebody to drive you around and show for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Keith, I you drive can... y'all around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What the, what the money these guys are making, they can send the whole club home in cabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, I mean, they could, they could pay one of their homeboys, you know, $50,000 a year. Your job is to drive me whenever I decide to go out. You won't call 24 yeah. hours. Who wouldn't take that job? Yeah, right <laughs> Hello, Keith. We got a list on hold that probably want to ask you a question. Charles Kimbrough, are you there? Hello? Hello? Are you there? I'm here. I'm here. How you doing? Uh, doing good. How you doing today, Charles? I'm good. I'm good. You got a question for Keith? Bye. Well, you know, you mentioned about uh, going to place with a gun. You know, who would want to do that? Well... If you take the boy, you heard that saying, you take him out the country, but you can't take the country out of them. <laughs> right? <laughs> where, where is the, uh, the first line of defense? You know, these people are letting uh, these athletes come through the system unscathed where um, they're just relying totally on their sheer t- talent. I mean, it just to me, it just seems to be uh, 21st century slavery that just is being masked with the pigskins and shoulder pads and a helmet. How can we get that situation corrected? Well, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it slavery because if that's slavery, I wouldn't mind being a slave then because slaves wouldn't pay that kind of money. <laughs> they wouldn't pay any money. You know, so it would, I understand, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the correlation, but that's, you know, we're all slaves to our jobs in one way, shape, form, or other, and you're getting paid. These guys just happen to be getting paid massive amounts of money. You know, so, but you still, I don't care what you do in life, you have to be accountable for, you know, for your actions, you know, to your bosses. You know, otherwise you don't have a job. But you can be somebody that's on the uh, 6 o'clock news, the news anchor, he can't go out and get DUIs and expect to stay on the news. And so when you have a job in the public eye that's paying you lots of money, you got to be held accountable for it. Go ahead, who's next? Oh, I, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, we all have uh, accountability. Uh, whether you're a kid, you're accountable to your parents. When you're an adult, you, you're accountable to your your job or the law. I mean, we're all we we all have to be accountable. And um, these guys, uh, they they do make a lot of money, but nonetheless, it you know it's their job. Yeah, and, and with that job comes responsibilities, and and you have to be responsible with your actions. Um, you can't do things that's going to put your team or your company, the NFL, in a bad light. Um, that's what the news wants to report. That's what gets people's attention. And 
don't, you, you just can't do those kinds of things. And I think that these guys are well off enough that they don't have to be getting into silly trouble that which they do get into. No, well, it's all avoidable. You know, and maybe you correct me. Maybe what you're trying to say is what what I think he was trying to say. What I, I get out of it is that when these people come into your house for college recruits too, and when the pro, their main focus is play the game. Whatever it takes for the game. They never say don't get in trouble outside of the you know court or go to class. You know that was back then, but now they're trying to change it now. But like you said, we we already been set into this mode of. All about it is playing this game and hitting hard and, and winning, right, Keith? Yeah, right. Is, is, is yeah. that fair to say what is going on with it? Because look at that Alabama coach, one of, those, one of that one um, person in the house. That lady said, she's like, my son's not going because all he was talking about was, uh, your son will go to the NFL. Go. She said he never once said anything about education. Why is that, Keith? Yeah, because that's, yeah, from that point of view, but, you know, uh, but, oh, you're going to get used. <laughs> you know, it's just, you're going to get used. I mean, that happens all the time. And, but when you, just when you're talking athletics, it just gets a bigger spotlight. You know, how many lawyers are out there that not made partner in their firm because somebody wants to hold them back? You know, they, they, you know, they, they want to pimp their ability. You know, how many doctors are not chief for the chief of the hospital because they want to, they didn't know they're good surgeons, they're good doctors, they want to hold them back. You know, but there's, there, there could be room for growth. But, you know, but in, in the athletic field, there's such a small window of opportunity when you're young, when you have your greatest earning potential. And so they want to try to get all of it out of you, you know, while they can. And there's a, there's a, and you, and you, and you agree to that. <laughs> you know, because, now, how many people come out of college making seven figures, no matter how good they are at their profession? You know, none. I'm going to ask that to give you that opportunity. And so there is a, you know, a, a give and take, you know, with that. But that doesn't, you know, that doesn't, you know, get, excuse anyone to say, well, I'm paying you a lot of money, so you got to put it with my crap. No, you don't still lose, you know, your dignity, no matter how much money you're being paid. Keith, well, Charles got another question. Go ahead, Charles. Hey, Keith. Well, you know, I, this is a question I have, and this is something that I spoke with Love about and a couple of guys that uh, when we were in college, we started talking about it after the fact because uh, hindsight is twenty twenty vision. But, you know, you played in the league with some guys that uh, just were, you know, just it seemed like they just came straight from their neighborhood, and now they got this money and they just became more of who they really are. Where are those experienced players, where are those people that have – uh, gone through the league, experienced, had the, the greatest experience in life, but have not really gone back to the communities like they talked about or said that could kind of shed light on these types of um, pitfalls, if you will. It's kind of like raising kids, you know, it's almost a responsibility for those of us who played in the game to go back into these communities and help these young people better themselves, one, so that they could better their 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 communities because we see a lot of these youngsters talented um, come in make the money and get in all sorts of trouble and, and really uh, give it a bad name and it doesn't really pay homage to to the people that gone before them to lay this track and open this this lane for them. Where are those guys? Well, you know that's I think that's a good question. You know, but I think you know. Especially now that I'm older, I look back over my career, 
and even while I was going through it, what I realized, especially when I was going through it, and it's more and more apparent now that I'm out of the league, is that, you know, success makes you a bigger whatever you are. You know, when I say that, I mean, uh, it, it, and, and, and it, it shines a light on your true personality. Even though, I mean, like, say, for example, you know, a guy, like, not giving back to his community, real selfish, it's all about me, 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 me. He was like that well before he came into the league, <laughs> well before he came into money. We just didn't pay attention to it because he had no platform to see how selfish he was, how, you know, how all about himself he really was until he had a degree of success and, and, and a degree in the field of sports, and then he got big, and they're like, wow, he's, he's changed. No, he didn't change. He's always been that way. And the reverse is true. When somebody has a big heart, goes, gives back to his community, he's such a nice guy. He said, you know, I, but he was always a nice guy. He was always willing to get, sacrifice for himself and help others. But now that he has a bigger spotlight on him, you're able to see it a whole lot better, you know, in that person. And, and that's not just, but I've seen that work, not just in athletics, but in the corporate community as well. I mean, I was real good friends with uh, Dave Thomas, who was the guy who started Wendy's. You know, he you know, remember those old commercials where Dave used to be in the commercials before he passed away. And right. you would think the reason why those commercials were so successful is because the only thing they did was turn the camera on Dave. He didn't have to. He never was an actor or nothing like that. Because his personality, who he really was, came through. And that's why people were able to connect with those commercials because that was Dave being Dave. And you could be, I would be on the golf course with him, and it'd be the same way. You know, very nice, diminutive, you know, never raised his voice, just a good guy. And you know, you're like, wow, that's, that's the one that, you know, this guy, you know, started winning. He's a very successful individual. But I see that, I see that all the time. When, you know, uh, when I see, you know, CEOs in America, I've seen, I've been, I've, I've seen some mean guys as CEOs, but they've probably been mean all their lives too. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but that, but what we have to do is, in, in athletics is, you know, recognize, and you can always change. You know, just cause you are what you start out, don't mean you can finish that way. You've always been a bad guy. You can always change. There's always room for change, you know, in that person's life. And I've seen that happen, you know, on, on, on occasion with different players also. You know, they can come from the best of backgrounds and this, another. And then, you know, over time, you know, they was able to change. So that does, you can, you know, change, you know, your nature also. Terry? You know, I, I think it also helps people that are around you as well. Uh, if you got knuckleheads around you and you got a lot of money, you're gonna be a knucklehead. And if you got knuckleheads as friends, and you you know you you make a lot of money, you continue to be a knucklehead. Um, I mean, look at look at. You know, I think a lot home. of it's a generational type thing as well. Um, nowadays, it's just totally different. Our society is totally different. It's changing uh, by the moment. Um, and some of these guys don't think they owe anybody anything. Don't think they need to get back or or pay homage to who, who came before them. Uh, it, it's oh, just that right. attitude that, that some of them seem to have. Um, but it's, you know, back in the day, you know, it, it took a community uh, around the blocks to raise your, your, your kids. And we've gotten so far away from that, that, that it's unbelievable. And I think, you know, our society is, is, is killing us in that way as well. Go ahead, no kid. doubt. You know, no, that's why you need more and more, you know, positive influence coaches on these kids at an early age, you know, to reinforce 
the things they're getting at home or enforce the things they're not getting at home. And that's where the youth coaches need to come in. Instead yeah, and of I think those people that you're asking about where are they at, they're out there. They're just, they're, they're just isn't as many as there used to be. Um, but, but they're there. Right. Keith, do you think, do you blame it on the coaches or, or are you blaming it on the parents for these athletes that's coming out that way? Well, it, 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 the parents first and foremost, because they're the ones that, you know, they had the kid. He lives in their house, hopefully, you know, nine times out of ten. And, you know, the coach, you know, only thing that the coach can do is reinforce what should be. You know, I used to coach high school football. And, you know, I yell at a kid, and it was like, the parent would be like, why is he yelling at my kid? Well, <laughs> if I would, if you yell at him some, I wouldn't have to yell at him as much. <laughs> right. But, you know, I said, but don't, you know, don't take my, just because I'm yelling doesn't mean I'm upset and angry with the kid. Only upset at his action. He should be able to handle that. You know, but uh, you don't treat every kid the same because some kids, when you yell at them, they shut down. Other kids, they respond. And so you need to, that's, you know, that's the, you know, the tricky part of being a coach is to know your kids and know who you can and who you can't do that with. You know, I was the type of player, the, unit, the minute you start using profanity at me, I shut down because I can't hear anymore. Because you now I'm taking it as, you know, you disrespecting me. You know, I can still be coached. But mm-hmm. I would tell, you know, that's what the coach to get to know me and I get to know him. Be like, man, you got to talk to me a little differently. You know, mm-hmm. I know I messed up. <laughs> I, I, you know yeah. I didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> so uh, let's talk. You know, talk to me. Let's correct it. But don't go sit here and disrespect me because now I can't hear any longer. When you go to using all these f bombs and stuff at me now, I'm one. I'm taking it personal. <laughs> you must be getting off in the But if you got a kid that's lazy, and how do you motivate them? You yell at them, or what? What do you do? Well, every kid is different. Some kids you yell at. You know, other kid. You know, you point out. You know, to whatever what the other kids are doing, and he's not doing. And you know, like you wonder why you're not playing. You know, look at this kid. You know, and you sometimes you just talk to him like, "Hey, man, I want to play you, but I can't play you. I can't trust you." <laughs> you know, as a coach, I got to be able to know what I'm getting on the field. And if I can't trust you, you're not getting on that field. And sometimes, yeah. something, and that works with some kids. You know, but I guess every kid is different, and that's what coaches they got to get know instead of looking at them as a, you know, as a as a price tag or what is he going to do? Maybe he's going to make it big and come back and give me something later. It's like no, no. Yeah. But but my point is, you saying baby that kid. What if the other players out there busting their butt, and you over here babying this kid? You know, just because you want to get him. No, no, no. I wouldn't baby him. That's not babying him. I mean, you just have different approaches to different kids. I mean, there's still going to be you know repercussions for his action. He doesn't get away with it. You know, you just treat him. Yeah, you just treat him differently. But it's still the same. It could be different and still be the same. If a kid messes up, that don't mean you got to chase him away. That means you got to find out why he did what he did. Did you learn anything from it, and how can we prevent you from doing that again? That's the kind of thing you need to do. You don't need to baby anybody, but you also don't need to run them out of town either. Uh, oh. Mistakes are going to happen. People are going to mess up because we're only human. Right. You know what we're going right. to take another break, Keith, and then we'll come back. We want to talk about these D.Y.I. players there, you know, Terrell Fryer, and all these players are selling their stuff, but we want your, your view on it because that's their stuff they've been given, you know, that they want, you know. So we're going to get your thoughts about that, and we'll be right back. James Lovey, 
Oh, from the sports talk host, Carrie, Carrie Jackson, and Keith Fires, and we got a guest, Chuck Timber, on the line. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. James Loving, back Loving That Sports Talk. Keith, you kind of made a joke when we was at break about if um, the Ohio State play Wyoming, We'd get a new weight room out of that. You know, that was a little slap in my only face. <laughs> but you know something? We'll take that weight room. Y'all want to play us? Yeah. Yeah, they would, they would get a chance to play in front of 100,000 fans. Something they, you know, they tell their kids about. They don't ever tell them what the score of the game was. They tell them they played at Ohio State. And, you know, it was a really great experience for them. <laughs> hey, we we played Wisconsin. Then we truck and we were down there and beat them. That's 100,000 there, right, Chuck? Nah, did we? We were we were down there and whooped up on them. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, Keith, let's get on right a bit. I want to talk about um, D. Ohio State. You said somebody got named number one, but we'll let y'all be number two. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Terrell Pryor, you know, and the guy, they sold some stuff that they 
were able to win and they played for it. It was their belonging. Why do you think that was fair for them to get in trouble and the coach to get fired over that? Well, I thought, it, I thought it was unfair. I didn't think it was, I never thought it was fair. You know, I have a problem. I'm still trying to figure out what the kids did wrong. You know, I give you some, it, it's not yours until two years later. That doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. It's yours right now. <laughs> you know, so that, that's crazy. Um, you know, secondly, you, you know, when people did the question that it was never asked was why are they selling their stuff? Reason why they're selling it because nobody, that's how clean cut the program is. There's no, unlike in the, the Southeastern Conference where there is the wild, wild west down there. Everybody's, you know, getting money, you know, left and right, you know, under the table. They don't do that at Ohio State. You know, because when I was there, I got five things when I was at Ohio State. They gave me room, board, books, fees, tuition. That was it. Nobody got paid anything. And, you know, and, and it was a, you know, very clean program, you know, uh, and I think that, you know, with the, with the program, with the NCAA, they're, they're the real gangsters out there. Hmm. You know, I, I think that, you know, with the, what they're doing, you know, when somebody, you know, called or called in earlier and said modern day slavery, that's modern day slavery because the players are not getting paid, you know, because that, what they, what it costs for me to go sit into a classroom, you know, saying, well, you're getting your education free. That's not costing the university nothing. They get a, they get that well back and more with the gate receipts of football games. You know, so that's not even a, you know, a fair compromise. So those college athletes, they're the ones that are modern day slaves that need to be paid. Chunky, I agree, I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, I said that from, from day one, just, Having been a recipient of a full ride scholarship and and having to call home and ask for for money for uh, pizza and lotion and and uh, you know just all kind of incidentals and and not to be able to go out we got so creative we made t-shirts to sell because we went through a, a a real interesting coaching change in the middle of the summer and uh, it netted us a few dollars but you know again. These universities are making millions. Coaches are, are 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 trading their time for millions. Where you know we're getting an education, we're, we're, we've got a books, a room, a board, and so forth taken care of. But when someone, out of the kindness of their heart, sees a young man or young woman struggling and wants to provide them an honest way to make a living or to just put a few dollars in their pocket, and that there is being uh, blocked, I, I think that's just totally wrong. And for what these young men did, it's a gift. It was a gift. It was something of their ownership, their possession. And if they saw fit to do the American thing, which was trade that item for commerce, there should be nothing wrong with that. They should really reevaluate what's going on and, and look at how many lives uh, are, are going in the opposite direction. I know they haven't even done the survey on the number of kids that have dropped out and have, have nothing going for them. Uh, as a result of having to go back home to work or, or just needing the money. That's something that should really be highlighted. Oh, absolutely. That made me think about something else. Now, we talked about Terrell Pryor earlier. Now, Terrell Pryor was a top recruit coming out of college, out of high school. Now, now the NCAA, now, now how, how bad is this? Now, what if Terrell Pryor would have said, okay, I'm coming to Ohio State, but I don't want a scholarship. You know, I want to pay my own way. You know, because when you pay your own way, you got to get a job and you got to work to, you know, to be able to pay for it. Because if you're on scholarship, you can't get a job. 
during the season. The NCAA won't allow you to, you know, make money and all that other stuff. So why, why couldn't Terrell Pryor say, I don't want a scholarship, but I want to attend your university? And then, and so with all Terrell, it seemed like Terrell Pryor could, you know, be, you know, this is America. Seemed like he could be, you know, get into his own, you know, um, revenue stream. His number was number two. How can he? Why can't he sell number two T-shirts across the street from campus? You know that way if you sell on campus, they want to cut of that money. Sell it across the street. You know, get your vendor's license and sell your own T-shirt and sign autographs. And the fans will eat it up. They will pay for it, and he would have way more than enough money to pay his way through school to pay his tuition. You know, if he can't do it, let his parents sell it. Sell it on game day. Sell his jersey number two. And make money, but they won't let you do that because then they want to. You know, it doesn't have to be an Ohio State shirt. It could just be you can't trademark a color. It could be a scarlet and gray T-shirt with number two, and he'll be available after the game. He's going after the game. He'll come over there and sign autographs on his own own free time and make money. But the NCAA won't let you do things like that, and I have a problem with that. But if another student that attends Ohio State, you know, he could you know go out get him a vendor's license. You know, market some T-shirts, sell the T-shirts, and sit in the same science class with Terrell and make money off Terrell. And Terrell can't do that. But yeah. that's 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 all fair. That's fine and dandy to do. But athlete can't do that. That's that's criminal. Keith, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's terrible. Keith, can you sit here and tell me there's no program? I mean, I'll say the only program that never gave a kickback to a, a, a athlete. Come on, kid. Even like five or ten dollars, or buying something to eat. That you believe that? No, well, no. I don't. I wouldn't necessarily say I believe that, but I'm saying it is not rampant. It, that yeah. just, I mean, I, you know, they, they are, they are clear. I remember mean, Ohio State was recruiting a kid. Oh man, maybe almost ten years ago. I was going to take him. I was going to meet him out to dinner. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. You know, through a, through a mutual friend. And talk to the kid about Ohio State and let him, you know, pay for, you know, let him, let him pay for his own meal. But I couldn't do that because I was, you know, I'm considered, you know, like a, like a committee man from Ohio State. I have an influence. And it was during recruiting season. Uh-huh. I said, you mean to, I would have been against the rules. You know, I have no official job with Ohio State other than I went there. But because I'm associated with them and I, you know, talked to, talked about the university, I couldn't do that. You know, I couldn't meet the kid out for dinner. I couldn't pay for it dinner. Even if I would have paid, I would have been wrong. Even if he would have paid, I would have been wrong. I'm like, this is crazy. They have too much, you know, the NCAA, or, you know, they have too much pool. You know, I, you know, I just, I think it's crazy. But but isn't that when you're going to recruit them? I remember they give you a host person, and they give them money to pay for you out. Am I right, y'all? Isn't that, no, that know, work? They yeah, but that was that. That was all, you know, you know, from the that's only for that one weekend. <laughs> you know, I, I forget what the amount was. They may have gave you like a hundred dollars to spend on, you know, miscellaneous stuff with that recruit. You know, so you know they don't, they don't, they don't do that. Any, I don't say they don't do it anymore, but you know, it's been curtailed. Everything is monitored more and more and more. You know, I thought when I was at Ohio State, you know, I would go in the subway get me a sandwich, pay for it, and then the guy would put extra meat on it. That was my idea. I was getting hooked up. He'd give me double meat for a single meat price. 
Like, man, they got the hookup over here, man. No, the subway, man, you put extra meat on your sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that was, I was excited about that. <laughs> well, hey, let me, let me, I got another question for everybody out there. Let me ask you, have you heard of the USFL possibly returning? Uh, and it's, and the reason I'm asking that question, cause, uh, I happen to know Freddie Belentnikoff, uh, Jr., who is one of the guys, uh, spearheading that. And, uh, his, his vision for that was to kind of be a, a an extra outlet, if you will, for those kids who couldn't, who had the skills and talents, got, caught up in some trouble or violations or just didn't want to go the college route in general, um, pay them along the lines of Arena Football League. What do you think about that since the NFL doesn't have a farm system? I think it's a great idea. Because college isn't for everybody. You know, baseball players don't have to go to college. They go straight to the minor leagues and work their way up until they get to the pros. You know, basketball, really, a semester of college, really, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's all they have to do. <laughs> Tennis don't have to do anything. Golfers don't have to do anything. And so I would, you know, and I mean, in colleges, it's for everybody. You know, and I don't think, you know, they should make you have to go to college. So any, in any more other avenues, I think it'd be great. You know what, um, Keith, we only got three more minutes to close, but I can't let you go without talking about this. What is going on with T.O.? Is he crazy or what? <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah, I think Jay Z has a line in one of his songs about people being addicted to the spotlight, yeah. and it's a drug. And and uh, he's addicted. You know, the spotlight is over. You know, sometimes you know, like you know, when I was playing for Bill Parcells, you know, he used to always tell us, "Yeah, guys, the circus don't ever it picks up and leaves on." And he doesn't realize the circus is gone. Your act is over. You know, turn out the lights. The party's over. And he doesn't realize that. You know, you can go out and hire all the agents you want. It's over. It's you. You got to look at that man in the mirror. It's you. It's over. And it's okay. You've had a good career. It's over. Walk away. It's over. <laughs> but, you know, he's addicted. He, and I think he's, he's doing himself a big injustice. Well, Keith, I want to thank you for coming on the show. And, uh, hey, I'll see you for Super Bowl next year, right? I'll be there. Long, <laughs> but, right? Hey, it was a pleasure even you know, playing with you and being in the same locker room with you, Keith. For real. All right. Well, you did that. I know the fans know your real name. You're the love doctor. I'm the love doctor. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know you know who James Lovett is. He's the love doctor. That's what he means. But that's what the world needs. The world needs love, love doctor. <laughs> <But> thanks again, <laughs> Keith, for coming on. Thank you, Bye-bye. Thanks for calling in, Chuck and Terry. Another great show, man. Thanks again. Absolutely. You bet. Take care. Next week, right. same time, same bad channel. Right, Terry? That's you got right. it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.